Yes, yes, you are absolutely right. Now, with the rapid growth of cyberspace, the amount of money spent on cyber defense has exploded from less than like ten billion dollar to close to hundred billion, according to some you know uh, reports in just few years. So the series of devastating hacks from Target to Home Depot to Sony and you know the government attacks that we have been hearing about that continues to pile up is a cause of very serious concern for each and every one of us. Now, while all forecast reports that security spending is going to continue to skyrocket, some executives say that cybersecurity is basically broken. What are your observations and what are your thoughts? Well, years ago, we had uh, strip keys, uh, they called them. We were able to compromise systems by attacking known vulnerabilities using easily accessible malware. You would think that we have improved by now. However, the situation has not really improved. One recent event that attests to this unfortunate state of affairs is the case of the UK's TalkTalk that was hacked by a 15-year-old using uh, tools available on the Internet. So the world is not taking security security, uh, seriously enough, and yes, it is still broken. Yes, yes, you know, I hear you and we all share the same concern that security is broken and, you know, a lot of times we see that all these softwares that are being developed, they're coming out so quickly because people, companies and uh, um, every individual who is, you know, trying to innovate and create new products, they're in so much rush to get their products out that, you know, they don't pay attention to security and security is, you know, never a part of their, you know, product planning and things like that. So it is always on the backseat and, you know, it is a very serious, you know, risk and concern uh, that we all are facing. So let me ask you this. From your observation, do you, it seems, let me know, you know, what you think about this. It seems that the traditional tools of cybersecurity are failing security industry across nations. Uh as you just said that, you know, with the available tools, you know, even young teenagers, you know, they're able to uh, go into the cyberspace and, you know, hack, you know, into any system or any individual's uh, account that they want to. So based on that, what do you think that are the traditional tools effective? How are they working for the security? Well, um uh, the short answer is no. Complexity of systems uh, and networks um, has grown immensely since the early days of hacking. A lot of online systems today rely on technology that has been around for many years. So we don't have the luxury of redesigning the internet from scratch because you, know, you cannot invest too much there already. So it's hard to defend an inherently insecure uh, application world. There's also a myopic focus on specific vulnerabilities. So people focus on networking uh, intrusion detection and defense systems, uh, host-based uh, intrusion detection and defense systems, uh, and point solutions like that. Also, security is a grudge buy, so it's like insurance. You have to have it, but would love to go without that cost. Uh, um, so, And also, security is not a core competence. Many organizations have um, not sufficient skill uh, to, to apply technologies so, um, yeah, today's application security and its tools uh, is lacking. Yes, 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 yes. So now there is people who have some basic understanding about artificial intelligence. In the, those circles, they, there is a growing hope that artificial intelligence, which in short is called AI, 
will be at rescue and help bring security, real security to cyberspace, geospace and space. What are your thoughts? I mean, you are in this field. And do you think that, you know, artificial intelligence will be able to provide the security that would be actually effective for everyone in cyberspace, geospace and space? Yeah, I agree that I, uh, that um, AI is going to play an important role. I don't think it's there yet, but the, the role of AI in security going forward is going to increase uh, significantly. Uh, recent advancements in machine learning, a sub-discipline of AI, has made it possible to equal human intelligence in areas that were traditionally hard for computing science to emulate. If you add a massive scale that modern distributed computing aided by GPUs and other specialized hardware and big data processing software brings to bear, there is a real opportunity to match the intelligence and ingenuity of smaller to medium-sized threats. So we could cover that. However, these advances will be available to the larger-scale adversaries that governments and corporates face, and some of them are governments, um, so it will be the usual arms race between the good guys and the bad guys. Well, that is, that is really good to know. Now, while we need effective security tools for the cyberspace now, that means like at this moment, if it's possible, how soon do you see artificial intelligence playing a role in providing effective security? How far are we from getting those, you know, real tools that can help us uh, manage the security challenges that we are facing? Yeah, uh, I'd say we're in the early days. It is, it's uh, starting to fake, take effect right now. There are a number of innovative startups such as us, Computer Future, that are uh, working on this approach already. So it is already uh, being implemented uh, as we speak. Government agencies are also investing into R&D into the space. So AI is already playing a role in cybersecurity, but we have to keep in mind that AI is already entering the toolbox of the bad guys also, giving us uh, extra incentive to at least match technologies and better. Yeah. Now, for those of our global viewers and listeners who are not familiar with the uh, terminology of artificial intelligence or what that field you know means, can you please explain just in very layman terms what artificial intelligence broadly means so that they understand? Because we have viewers and listeners from across industries and sectors and some people, you know, some of them may not be aware about uh, the field of artificial intelligence. So if you can, you know, explain just very briefly about what that is, that would be really good. Great. Um, let me give you a quick uh, historical viewpoint on, on uh, AI. The initial vision for AI was to develop computing systems that have the same faculties as the human brain. However, soon after its inception in the late 60s, uh, early 70s, researchers found that it is an immensely tough vision to achieve. Uh, so the, the whole area of AI you know, underwent the so-called AI winter uh, from the late 70s to the mid-2000s. Uh, AI funding reduced drastically and was largely disregarded by the industry as an important uh, area for the future of computing. However, some breakthroughs under less tainted monikers uh, for AI, such as machine learning, computational intelligence, knowledge-based systems, knowledge discovery, and so on, that make their way into the mainstream industry almost quietly. Um, we are using a lot of those uh, uh, research results already. 
So from the late 2000s until now, these technologies support uh, supported by important breakthroughs and, and, and immense computing power and mass and data centers of companies like Google, Facebook have become popular again and are also the underpinnings of the hugely popular big data and analytics uh, trends we see today. I mean, it seems that artificial intelligence is a very, you know, broad topic and a lot of uh, different, you know, initiatives are going on in that. A lot of different, you know, sectors are within that uh, doing, you know, specific functions. So can you explain what we are dealing with when we talk about artificial intelligence in terms of cybersecurity? What does it mean, you know, when we talk about, okay, that AI will be able to provide solutions for yeah. cybersecurity? Yeah, I'm um, let me quickly uh, give you a rundown of just roughly what are the goals of AI and what are the approaches that are being taken and what kind of tools are, are currently being developed. So firstly, looking at the short-term goals of AI is to achieve uh, things like what the brain can do today, like deduction, reasoning, problem solving. Uh, also, how do we represent knowledge? How do we represent uh, knowledge uh in a more flexible way than databases can be today uh, inside computers. Um, the task of planning, um, you know, uh, a human being, um, when we want to do some task, we, we can plan for it. We know, we know how to figure out the steps. How do we get a computer to do that? Uh, the other important goal is learning, which is getting a lot of press these days. Um, the ability uh, not to just memorize rotely uh, of facts, um, that, that has been on my computers very well for, for a long time. Uh, but how do you learn con concepts? How do you conceptualize? Um, what is the concept of a dog? What is the concept of uh, uh, a person walking on the face? Um, for human beings, this comes naturally. Um, but how do we train computers to think abstractly uh, about things based on on uh, actual examples uh, that, they, that they see out there, similar to a baby. Now, when a baby is born, um, uh, it's got the intrinsic uh, capability, but the environment that the baby grows up in and the language that the parents teach to the baby and the things that the baby perceives, like see and hear, are all inputs that help the baby to learn. And how can we get computers to do that? Uh, how can the computer eventually figure out, okay, I know that's a dog, and that's a wolf, and there's a difference. Um, then natural language processing or communication, that's another area of AI which is very important. For AI to be useful, it also needs to communicate with human beings uh, and need to understand the natural language um, artifacts that humans create by text and speech and so on. It also needs to perceive. So uh, in AI, uh, it's also important to, to be able to perceive your environment like a human does, using vision or touch or uh, audible you know, uh, perception. Also, AI needs to be able to uh, figure out how do we move and how do we manipulate stuff. Okay. Getting to robotics, that's a very important uh, area of AI. So those are the short-term goals. The long-term goals is much more lofty. and uh, you know, um, That is things like social intelligence. Uh, how, do we, how do we motivate people 
can a can a can a computer figure that out? I mean, creativity. Uh, often we survive by being creative, and we do well by being creative. So we think of a solution on the fly uh, when we're faced with a problem, uh, and then eventually general intelligence. That's the gen- that's that's probably the holy grail and uh, really one of the important long-term goals of, of AI. There are very different, many various approaches that are being uh, followed uh, in AI, like trying to simulate the brain, figure out how does the brain work and can we copy that. Um, other approaches include uh, symbolic reasoning uh, and then sub-symbolic reasoning. Then there's also uh, statistical reasoning and classification and those kind of things. Um, that's more of a uh, American data processing approach uh, to reasoning. And then how do we integrate all these approaches? There are also tools that are useful in AI that are being developed at the moment. Uh, a very important uh, tool that um, is getting a lot of press lately is neural networks. Uh, and that it, it, the neural networks were uh, created by Morgan Minsky, and uh, it tries to mimic some of the processes of the brain, uh, and it's much more nimble uh, and as a way to to uh, train uh, a system to understand a concept based based on uh, the trans- transmission of messages through a whole bunch of levels of nodes or some of you are the axioms in the brain. Uh, other, other tools that are being developed are classifiers and statistical learning methods. Um, then the ability to, to uh, reason using logic, uh, probabilistic methods, uh, and uncertainty. Uh, how do we reason about uncertainty? It's not a one and zero. Uh, and then how to understand languages. Um, we have a lot of tools out there that, that can uh, understand uh, natural languages uh, and the concepts that come forward. So as I said before, the vision of artificial intelligence to give computing systems the faculties of the human brain, these abilities include reasoning, engineering, verbal communication, and so on. We're not exactly there yet, uh, but research and development towards this lofty goal is still ongoing. However, Along the way, some important milestones have been reached in certain sub-areas of AI. These include machine learning, computer vision, computational intelligence, natural language processing, and so on. That's great achievements, and that's very exciting. I mean, the, this field is so interesting. It It is just uh, too many possibilities. <laughs> I think it's going to excite a lot of people, but I think when we talk about this uh, AI and uh, robots, you know, a lot of people get confused between uh, or they think that they are synonyms that robot is equal to artificial intelligence for the sake of those, you know, people who do not understand the fundamentals of robots and, you know, artificial, if you can, you know, explain what are robots and what are, what is artificial intelligence because, you know, some, they are not synonymous. So, you know, if you can uh, just give a little explanation for their Understanding. Yeah, so in short, the relationship between a robot and AI is that the robot needs AI to become useful. So you can you can compare the robot uh, to the human body. Yes. 
add AI to the brain in a central nervous system. So the role of the brain in a central nervous system is what AI plays inside a robot. Yes, yes, that's a good explanation. That's a very good explanation. Now, so please be clear. Singularity. 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 Yes. What does it mean? What does it mean? It's well, with respect to AI, um, it's what the world looks like when computing systems surpass the human human intelligence, or put differently. When artificial intelligence growth curve reaches exponential phase, so when when where we are today is, I guess, at at the level of some small animals and insects. That's that's the kind of brains that we've developed so far. But as soon as that trajectory goes through, what humans can do, very soon after that, what Einstein could do, uh, and uh, and comp and computing systems can essentially. Do what humans do today. That's that's the time where we talk about that. Now, uh, since AI is a broad concept, what are the different forms and critical categories we need to consider to understand the complex challenges around us better in cyberspace, geospace, and space? If you can, you know, uh, give us that, you know, little introduction about that. Yeah. So, um, the critical categories that um, that we need to look at. One can uh, draw from the general list of, of AI short-term and long-term goals, um, and many of them are actually important. Uh, they won't they won't all get implemented at the same time, and it, it will take time for you know AI um, to be fully implemented in, in the cyberspace. Uh, but you know, one of the early things that um, we we need to do is. Uh, how do we represent the knowledge? So knowledge representation is one important goal. How do we represent hundreds and thousands of different variables and attributes that we find in cyberspace um, in a way that we can reason about it uh, in real time? So speed is very important. Um, the next thing that we need to be able to do is learn about, learn on this, on all of this data that we extract from cyberspace. So. How do we how do we determine the target metrics that we need to understand, the target concepts that we need to learn, and how do we learn those? So machine learning is, is a critical area that will take get a lot of uh, attention as well. Um, uh, as important uh, um, is also natural language processing and communication, because often the traffic on the internet is not structured mm -hmm. in cyberspace. With people typing in, in the natural language or as a video, like you and I are communicating today, how do we understand this video? How do we understand what's happening here today? If you cannot, if you cannot process this video and extract meaningful data out of that, then this communication uh, is lost in AI system and in cyberspace. Um, then uh, uh, I think longer-term goals are also important, social intelligence, Understanding uh, the bigger context of social networks uh, and how humans interact will eventually become important because we, the adversary in cyberspace is uh, is very sophisticated human organizations, uh, and uh, AI will have to match that plus the obvious uh, fact that 
the adversary will also have AI. So um, the deeper and more nuanced intelligence uh, will also be needed uh, in, in tackling the problem of security in cyberspace. Yes, 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 you're right. Now, since AI is a, I think uh, when we talk about artificial intelligence, there are three different uh, forms of artificial intelligence. One is the artificial narrow intelligence, which is called ANI, artificial general intelligence, that is AGI, and artificial super intelligence that we are trying to achieve, that is ASI. Now, currently, we we have a lot of different applications of ANI, artificial narrow intelligence, from what I you know uh, have uh, understood. So, can can you give us a little bit, you know, brief background about where are we in terms of advances in ANI, AGI, and ASI? From my understanding, I think we are still at ANI phase, and we are trying to achieve AGI. But if you can give us a little bit, you know, background on that. Yeah, uh, definitely, I agree with you. Uh, we are are still at 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 the ANI level, and there's definitely a strong push to to get to AGI. Uh, but it's some ways off. Um, there's a lot of hype in the market, uh, unfortunately, and a lot of people get visions of you know, robots running around and becoming uh, like human beings uh, very soon. It's not that soon. Uh, there's still a lot of critical uh, research that still needs to be done and a lot of development of the technology um, to for us to get to AGI. And ASI is some, some ways off. Although I would say it is an exponential curve. So reaching uh, AGI will take some time, but it will very, be very soon after that before we get to ASI. Yes. So um, I think AGI will lay down the, the groundwork for ASI. Uh-huh. Any idea about how far we are from going to the phase of AGI in number uh, of years? Like... I, I'd say it's at least decades away. I Maybe see. A now, when we talk about ANI, I mean, there are so many applications of that all around us. Have In your experience, have you ever seen any serious malfunction of ANI, I mean, from safety and security perspective? Yeah, um, they are not perfect yet. So the algorithms and, uh, and the systems that employ these you know, techniques are not, not uh, they, they still fail. I mean, you still see some of the best, latest deep learning algorithms that have a few glitches, they still misclassify some images. Um, the more serious example is the flash crash of 2010, you know, with an algorithmic trading that uses uh, uh, algorithms and machine learning cause momentary destruction of about a trillion dollars uh, on the stock market. So that is an example of where, where it uh, failed. Uh, the good news uh, is it's worth remembering that one of the original ANI systems, Orderland, for airliners has been in use since 1969 already. Uh, and there is, uh, hasn't been a single aircraft accident uh, fatally resulting from that. So uh, from the control point of view, some, some of the AI technology is very stable. I see, I see. Now I'm glad to hear all about all that uh, different progress. Now it is hoped that one of the industries 
that could benefit most of all from the introduction of artificial intelligence is cyber you know security or cyberspace where intelligent machines could implement algorithms designed to identify cyber threats in real time and provide an instantaneous response what are your thoughts on the use of artificial intelligence in securing cyberspace oh yeah in my view uh, an application of ai in cybersecurity is going to be the most important development in this space during the next decade. I see AI enable a distributed system of invisible artificial security agents. Uh, if you can visualize that, uh, that will analyze huge amounts of data containing uh, values or variables that are related to cyberspace, including patterns and network data, public and private threat information sources, user behaviors, long-term event sequences, uh, computing resources such as memory, disk usage, files, and many more. This system will have the collective cognitive ability to learn and understand current threats, threats and anomalous patterns uh, to the extent that it will be able to detect important threats and events in real time and apply defense, defensive action or alert human managers effectively. This vision is not there yet today, but we have developed the basic building blocks that choose this vision in our company and, and others, and I'm sure uh, many others are working towards this future. Now, it is said that uh, security community is aware that many problems in the cyberspace cannot be solved with conventional security tools or methods and are working on this new family of machine learning algorithms that can help systems that implement them to identify threats that were missed by traditional security mechanisms. So your thoughts on how, if, if and you know, uh, whether this uh, traditional security industry, as well as this, you know, new emerging, this artificial intelligence uh, that is working towards uh, uh, identifying, you know, proper security tools for the cyberspace, are they working in collaborations from your understanding or if there is any dialogue between them that where are the gaps and what needs to be done? Yes. Yeah, there's, there's definitely a serious effort ongoing at the moment. Uh, uh, collaborations between uh, governments is already ongoing. Uh, a lot of research is happening inside some of the big agencies like DARPA. Uh, um, and the Cyber Command and those kind of agencies in the US, uh, similar agencies uh, in NATO countries, we, we see that happening already. And um, the collection of all this data and processing it through an intelligence system is definitely the way that they are uh, going about this. Um, we also apply machine learning and advanced knowledge representation, representation to solve the problem already. And we see. Um, a lot of other people out there also trying to figure out how they can apply machine learning to uh, the threat environment. Now, the rapid proliferation of intelligent objects that are threatened by a growing number of cyber threats are rapidly increasing numbers and complexity. There is a growing concern that protecting such a huge number of devices, Internet of Things, that are always online and which exchange an impressive amount of data with other systems is a complex challenge. 
where will the security response come from and how soon it will come because you see i mean we all are aware that all these you know so many different devices are getting connected on the internet and that evolution is happening so rapidly so and we don't even have the basic you know background of security that we would you know like to have at this point to feel comfortable because of the enormous amount of data and information that is being generated and collected by these you know all different devices so what are your thoughts on that how soon it will come that you know this internet of things people involved industries you know involved in that would feel you know that okay this uh, would be you know welcoming that we are almost there how soon do you think we will reach there uh, it's uh, it's as i said before it's going to be probably in a decade or so that we really solve the problem and it's not an easy problem to solve it is really tough uh, the volume velocity and variety of big data in the cyber world is probably the most extreme case that i know of so it's easy for advanced threats to hide their activity in this vast data deluge so amounts this massive amounts of data you can hide a sequence of events and nobody will see them So it's important for machine learning algorithms to target the correct variables and to be able to handle massive amounts of inputs and predict at in real time. So the models need to be very efficient. It's relatively easy to buy and set up a large computing environment to run the training phase of machine learning models in some big backend data center. However, these models need to be need to capture all this data, classify and predict target metrics in real time. So that's a tough problem to solve. How do you do that? It's still an area of research for many folks. Uh, I think we just about there to solve that. Uh, you know, a very distributed uh, um, approach, and hopefully there are a few others like us that are going to solve this. I hope there are a lot many like you and your firm <laughs> is you know who are trying to develop because we need some solutions even now. We don't have time to wait for that. But uh, let me ask you this: How can artificial intelligence respond to this? complex you know set of challenges with all the internet of uh, things and with all the uh, you know industries that are getting online and all governments are getting online academia are getting online or individuals are getting online how this is such a complex web of security challenges and how how would artificial intelligence respond to you know uh, developing solutions uh, that could you know help every one of them Yeah. It would be a very complex challenge, and I think it's. I'm, I'm sure it's a very complex task, you know, ahead of for all the you know businesses and you know uh, initiatives that you know organizations that are like yours are you know working on right now. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I believe that many of the AI long-term and short-term goals, approaches, and tools are relevant to this uh, problem, and I believe will go a long way to. Getting ahead of the curve in cybersecurity, but again, um, we have to keep in mind that um, this technology uh, is not just available to governments and organizations that want to protect themselves. It's also available to those that want to attack those organizations. So, um, uh, as much as the technology uh, is going to overcome some of the current um, issues that we see in current kind of attacks who knows who's the next, next attacker the next attacker could be another uh, could be an ai uh, entity uh, so uh, 
I see it as, as a continuous game of um, trying to stay in front. I mean, you are absolutely right that this is such a complex challenge because it's not that artificial intelligence. Yes, according to you, do you think this is the only technology or uh, science or approach that could help in a, a such scenario, or do you think there is some other science or some other technology also that could, you know, uh, be of yes. help? Yeah. No, definitely AI. Um, the way I see it is the AI will play a role in the bigger picture. So you understand the threat scenario across our whole organizational network, but you also need very efficient software and hardware to capture and pass things we call events. So as they happen in real time. So those, those points where events are happen, we need to capture them in, in very fast time. So there's a lot of technological technological development that still needs to happen to do that very fast. We call this the sensor level. So we can picture sensors all over a cyber, a cyber environment. Um, and those sensors need, uh, need still to be developed further. Both software and hardware has to come to the party to, to make that as fast as possible. Um, and then AI agents will assimilate and correlate these low-level events to figure out in real time if a long-term threat is unfolding, you know, to put the pieces together, so to speak. Um, so our efforts in AI uh, for this are to enable dealing with such correlation and uh, first-line actions much faster than humans can possibly can. But yes, AI will have to be in concert with uh, other technologies uh, that or to be developed in a vast array of different devices and environments. Now, it is said that the majority of governments today are working towards development of a new generation of lethal autonomous weapon systems that can search for a specific target, assess its defense measures, and choose the best possible option to run a cyber attack based on the final purpose of the offensive sabotage or cyber espionage. According to you, do you think have nation states have started preparing for cyber warfare? Yeah. Yes. As I said uh, in, uh, earlier, we, we are often invited to attend um, global cyber conferences and uh, uh, on panels and discuss this with uh, organizations and governments. Uh, the most prominent nations are well into their cyber warfare preparations. Um, among the motivations for this is the fact that cyber warfare can be the great equalizer. A weaker nation with a small army of tech-savvy teenagers can, can wreak havoc. So um, uh, there's, there's serious preparation going on, not just by individual com countries, but also countries that collaborate with each other like NATO. The most prominent uh, nations are well into their cyber warfare preparations already. Uh, we, we, are, we are in communication uh, with some of these nations, uh, also consulting them, so we are aware of, of a lot of those preparations. Um, among the motivations for this is the fact that, that cyber warfare can be the great equalizer. A weaker nation with a small army of tech-serving teenagers can wreak, wreak havoc on a, on a very large and powerful nation. Uh, so, yes, um, it's not just individual nations, but also Nations uh, that work together, like NATO, that are working, working on uh, programs for this. Wow, this is getting very serious, and it's uh, uh, 
very serious risk that we all will probably have to keep an eye on. I yes. hope that cooler minds prevail and, you know, they don't uh, uh, try to destroy the world. Yes. So yeah. that, I hope that, you know, uh, there is some sanity out there. Okay, as nation states are preparing for the information warfare or are getting ready to prepare for the information warfare, the principal problem is that information warfare still lacks a shared law framework that establishes the rules of a cyber conflict. Because even for, you know, the conflict uh, on ground or on air, in air or water or on land, we have, you know, very clear guidelines of, you know, what can be done, what cannot be done. But in the cyberspace, there are no guidelines. So the, yes. uh, there are huge implications of this. What implications we will have because of such lack, uh, lack of framework? I mean, yours is a technology company, but still, I mean, these things we would all want to have clear guidelines so that, you know, we know what boundaries we have, you know, within which, you know, this warfare can happen. So what are your thoughts on that? Uh, yes, um, we probably are going to see total rogue behavior um, we're going to see people going as far as possible uh, in terms of attacking governments and organizations uh, and it's going to be up to the, to the political world to, to try and manage this uh, you know in, in, in traditional warfare as you, as you mentioned treaties have been established and, and so on but even there uh, none of, a lot of those treaties are being overstepped if you compare that to the Paris attacks so in a a week ago. Um, so it's going to have to be the political powers that try and fight it out and sort it out. A good example is um, uh, is yeah, US and China uh, trying to, to come to some agreement in terms of what they expect and what they see as, as acceptable levels of cyber attack on each other in, uh, in the context of, of uh, espionage. So um, that's the only place where they can fight that's outside of this of the cyber world, in the human world of politics. Right, right. No, I mean, there is little progress, like you said. So let's hope that, you know, all the nations can uh, get together and talk about, you know, uh, uh, discussing what is important, establishing guidelines, establishing frameworks so that uh, people or, you know, countries or, uh, you know, any groups, they will not be able to go out of those, you know, uh, broader guidelines and if they do then we know how to deal with that. Now for the sake of viewers, I mean people are aware and familiar about uh, uh, what are missiles or what is a nuclear bomb, what is an atomic bomb and things like that But and what are guns and you know all those things but they are not familiar with the terminology of cyber warfare or even what is a cyber weapon. So the fundamentals of hacking remain the same irrespective of which side uses the good or the bad. Under what circumstances actions like hacking are categorized as a weapon for defense versus weapon for attack? When is it justified to use and what are the rules of engagement? And most importantly, if you are dealing with the artificial intelligence to provide security under the circumstances, how would artificial intelligence know that this attack or hacking that is happening is from good guys versus this is happening from the bad guys? How would it differentiate that? Yes. Yeah, um, there are various ways of, of, 
um, figuring out whether it's friend or foe. Um, if, you, if you carefully train uh, your AI system uh, with additional attributes that easily um, identifies a friend or a, a you being the attacker and it's not the or an, uh, so you can build the controls and the intelligence into your AI system to know using time or certain attributes that currently we are engaged with a white hat attack uh, internally to test like intrusion you know, uh, um, uh, penetration testing um, or this is an attack at a certain organization uh, that is deemed to be an adversary so that the AI system doesn't go after your own attack. So um, as, as, as we do it in the human world and figure out when is their friend or foe, we need to train the AI brain in the same way, that to use certain attributes to identify now, uh, this is probably, you know, a question uh, that would needs to be answered, you know, in the coming years when the AI algorithms uh, are, you know, close to uh, providing effective uh, security solutions. So as AI algorithms are designed to make high stakes decisions in real time, just like any application, implementing AI is not different from any other software. And for this reason, it could be affected by many vulnerabilities. A cyber attack against AI system could cause serious damage due to the nature of this system. So how are, you know, organizations like yours putting in effective security controls within the AI, you know, system that you are developing? Yes. Yeah. Um, your system is as much a system as any other system. So our AI capabilities need to receive the same level of of defense and of protection as the systems that you are trying to protect. Um, there are tricks to go that we, we know of that you can be much more stealthy so that other systems don't know about you. Um, as an example, we, we are uh, targeting the new world of software-defined networks uh, where the network itself is defined by software, but there's a layer below that network that actually runs the network. So when you're in the level above the, that level, then all the systems in there can know about each other, uh, but, um, and they can attack each other. But, what, but there's a way to, to put your AI into a, a, a sub-layer, like in the operating or in the hardware itself, so that no system knows about your existence. Um, uh, uh, the world of virtualization and virtual or software defined networks is, is creating that capability and uh, that's where you can, can uh, implement your AI system to make it more stealthy but yeah, in general you still have to think about your system as uh, another system to be protected. There are places where you can hide your AI capabilities and your cyber defense capabilities uh, because of the advent of virtualization and software-defined networks, there are places where you can hide your defensive mechanism so that's, that's actually stealth, so that other attackers and, and software cannot see you. Right. That's the one. And on the other hand, any communication that, that you do, uh, uh, any system that is visible to the rest of the world needs the same protection. 
uh, as the system that we're trying to protect. Now, is there any way that we can stop the bad guys from developing uh, this, you know, AI system? Is there some kind of like database or inventory that can be developed that, okay, it would, everyone would need to register that, okay, if you are working on artificial intelligence, that you have to be a part of this database or you have to register that what you are working on and why you are working on. Do you think there is anything like that? Or is there any possibility of developing something like that? So we know that uh, across nations who is working on artificial intelligence, because this is something that has huge implications. It's a matter of, you know, survival of human species in the end. So probably, I mean, I would say that, you know, it would be wise to develop a database uh, a central global database that would have, you know, each and every individual or organization that is working on artificial intelligence, you know, need, that needs to be registered. There needs to be some kind of registry. Uh, there any talk about that? Not yet. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, um, uh, hawkish responses from people like Elon Musk and a few others that say we we are letting the genie out of the bottle here. Yeah. We are um, we are we are causing our own demise. Um, and I think a good analogy is when, when the atom bomb was developed, uh, and it was an immense breakthrough, and it was proven to be one of the possibly end of human life uh, kind of device. So if, it, if it's applied incorrectly, it can literally wipe out the planet. So yes. what happened in, in that case is that the world nations came together and they signed the non-proliferation or uh, uh, treaties along the world. Uh, smaller nations are still trying to get those bombs and the whole, the whole uh, negotiation range, for example. Um, and I think that can go some way uh, in, in AI. The problem with AI is you know, the knowledge and, and, and the accessibility uh, for a nuclear bomb. It's very hard to achieve that. And you know, we have very few people that have the skill, very few nations that have the capability to do that. Well, AI, AI um, is just software and hardware. That's all it is. And the latest, the latest uh, uh, developments here is that the front runners in, in, in these technologies like Google, uh, Microsoft, and others are open sourcing uh, that capability. Hi, sorry, you back? Yeah, are you there? Yes. Oh, Hi. I we lost again. It's a bad connection today. Yeah. I hope it. it's recorded properly and we are not just you know talking. We might be on track right now. <laughs> I don't know. This, but let's quickly wrap it up because I think uh, we are having a lot of problems with the connectivity. So mm-hmm. let me quickly let me quickly talk about a couple of points and then we will end this. You know. Yep. Sure. So we are okay. So there is a growing concern that application of network-centric warfare makes the cyber incidents especially dangerous. Cyber defense is urgently required. As a traditional tool seems to be failing, the role of intelligence software in cyber operation increased so rapidly. So how confident 
the AI industry is to be able to secure the cyberspace and its networks because I think networks are adding to the complexity. So, uh, how, what are your thoughts on that? Oh yes, um, I think it's going to be a constant arms race as usual uh, between uh, the the AI that protects the networks and the AI that attacks it, humans and the AI. Um, uh, so, uh, I don't think the AI industry itself um, is really focused on the, the specific application. The, the AI industry is developing AI per se. The application of it in cyberspace is people like us. Uh, and we know of the issue that um, the cyberspace and its networks are complicated, and hence we are working on ways to, to to tackle this huge problem uh, in a scalable way. But um, I don't see it as something that's being solved one day and we'll move on and it's, and it's done. Right. I, I, I see it as a continuous escalation on both sides. Right. Now, Fritz, this is the last question um, because I think we are almost at one hour and uh, it's uh, end of our allotted time. So, Right now, it seems that we are clearly in a cyber arms race. And what is most frightening is that by far more development is going into offensive than defensive tools. If that doesn't change, we are likely going to have some future problems that will make what we have seen so far seem like a we walk in the park. Uh, because, you know, everybody is trying to come up with, you know, better tools to, you know, attack because the cyber warfare is going on. So, and not much is, you know, attention is given to defense, like, you know, to protect what we have. So what are your thoughts, you know, what will be the implications if we don't put much, you know, effort and in, uh, uh, in resources into defend, into defending what we have in this cyber arms race? Yeah, well, you know, it's probably good to, to try and um, look at what happened at, at Traditional arms races and see how that's one. So um, one one thing is uh, that you could try and apply the political power and get treaties in place uh, to get uh, you know, certain levels of understanding um, that we cannot use this technology uh, in a malicious way to the extent that we really cause big damage. The second thing is. Um, it's going to be, again, unfortunately, the powerful uh, nations that are going to run ahead of the of the path. They're going to have more funding, more talent, more technology. Um, uh, and uh, although some of the basics are already being outsourced today and anybody can get it, I'm sure that uh, the big nations are at some point in time going to decide to close up and, and uh, not allow... Uh, this thing to escalate to the point that everybody can kill each other all the time. So, yeah, but it's not an easy answer. Uh, 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 it is an arms race, uh, and it's going to be the ones that, that can outfund and outspend the others that will win. I mean, artificial, I think uh, with this, we'll end the session because this artificial intelligence is such a 
fascinating you know area an emerging you know area where you know there is a lot that needs to be discussed there is a lot that needs to be identified but we would like to keep the sessions at one hour each time so that you know our viewers and listeners can have a good grasp about you know what we are talking about so we'll have many many more sessions on artificial intelligence in the coming days weeks and months but for now we are going to end here and i would like to you know say this that risk group cybersecurity risk research center and strategic risk research center are created for you know initiatives like this so that you know we can help everyone understand the emerging technologies we can help everyone understand you know security defense you know what needs to be there what needs what is not there and what we need to do to you know identify evaluate and manage the risk facing every ngo every entity within every nation is government industries organizations academia in cyberspace geospace and space and we would like to discuss debate and define necessary framework structure processes tools and technologies to manage the security risk of not only the digital global age but also of the coming technological super convergence so i hope that you know our sessions like this that uh, uh, fritz uh, venter was so kind enough to you know come and you know uh, Uh, give one hour from his valuable time and discuss artificial intelligence and uh, uh, what they are working on and where the industry is and uh, you know help us understand it much better. Uh, we would appreciate. Uh, we would like to say thank you to him and uh, it was really nice, uh, Fritz, for you to come and you know join us. We appreciate all your input and I'm sure you know what you have said will help our global viewers. and listeners you know tremendously to understand uh, cyber security artificial intelligence cyber warfare so thank you fritz for being on risk roundup we really uh, enjoyed yeah. thank you for inviting me but it is it's always our pleasure to discuss uh, this exciting topic thank you fritz so let's manage the existing and emerging risks together for more information on the risk roundups or to watch risk roundup videos or to hear the risk roundup podcast go to riskgroupllc.com and don't forget to subscribe uh, until next time i'm jayshree pandya host of risk roundup signing off thank you so much